0: This is the Canucks Central post game show. Four on two for the Canucks. Right wing to Garland. With room at the slot. Left wing, Joshua scores! They've done it again. The third line keeps on rolling. Face off of the Vancouver zone to our right. One by San Jose. Jan Ruta carries down for the right wing. Center in front. They score. Sedina got the first chance. Demco made the save. And then the second rebound was knocked home by Jacob McDonald. And the Sharks strike quickly to make it a one-goal game. It's 5-4. to four. With instant reaction from the players and coaches. Miller wins the face-off in the Sharks' zone. Back to Hughes for the line. They score! Hughes-Shooter got a tip on it in the middle of the ice, and it's 6-4 Canucks. Have your say on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network.
1: with a 7-4 victory on home ice over the San Jose Sharks as they head into the Christmas break with a 9-8 Game point streak and continue leading the National Hockey League in points. It's Satyar Shaw with Bick Nizar, and this is the Canuck Central post-game Show presented by the number five Orange. We are going to welcome in uh, Brett Festerling into the discussion in just a moment. You can grab a phone line, 604-280-0650 or toll-free, 1-88-275-0650. As the Canucks, well they continue staying red hot in the National Hockey League so far this season. And Brett, when we look at how they played here tonight, and we talked about this on the pregame show, this game, the first game, uh, the last game before Christmas, can often be a distraction. You mentioned that sometimes, you know, your, your parents will show up making lasagna when you're not expecting it. Everyone's <laughs> distracted, fat and happy. The Canucks, even though they gave up four goals, some breakdowns, they started the game the right way. And I thought they had the right energy throughout the game.
2: Yeah, exactly. They came out on fire there because Manko obviously getting the confidence rolling early, which is a great storyline and great for him. I think that just helps snowball everything. So, yeah, great start. Obviously, there's a couple um, stumbles along the way. That's the type of team San Jose is. They're literally trying to stick around to take advantage of opportunities, and they did it. They do it pretty well, actually, for a team that struggled all year. But all in all, good win. Don't critique the wins too much I think
1: I mean what I was saying before the game I was talking to Bick I'm like honestly just win this game I don't care how you do it collect the two points finish the season series with the San Jose Sharks and now you've picked up six out of a possible eight against San Jose so mission accomplished against the Sharks this season
2: Yeah,
3: and especially given the environment, right? Obviously, just coming into the Christmas break and and so much things are going on. First game after a road trip, too. Yeah, and seven goals is fantastic, obviously. I'm less concerned about some of the stuff that happened for the goals against. I think you can clean all of those things up. And so it's just – they're kind of getting to a stage of just get two points. I know you and I were talking yesterday on the show of what's important, you know, how you play and all that. But now it's – as certain lines are developing a bit of an identity that third line in particular which i'm sure we're going to talk about in a second you see them start honing in on certain things and reading off each other now it's going to be start it's going to be exciting to watch them try to figure each other out over these next 30 games
2: yeah exactly they they they've accomplished so much to this point mm-hmm. and the i think that confidence is contagious throughout it it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the fourth line obviously cuz manko that storyline exactly they have that confidence now now i think For the first couple of months, right, there was like, are we actually there? Are we this good? We don't know. I feel like this is a natural checkpoint in the season. And they've kind of proven themselves, yeah, we are. Okay, now you get that confidence. You let it roll after the Christmas break and just see how far you can go, really build on it. I know we talk about Rick Tockett's staples and
3: things that you have to do on the ice, but if you were to just kind of go through the lineup and say, okay, what can you staple in the lineup and say, these guys have to go together. Well, that third line certainly looks like it. Miller, uh, Besser, Patterson They're stapled in the top six in their roles After that, it's like you can kind of work Around it, but suddenly it's like you have six of the 12 Spots kind of figured out completely And that's the thing that's going to be interesting again for me It's talk about the, how the chemistry continues To, de- to develop for these guys uh, A handful of guys look like they, they are cemented In their spots, and, and that's huge for me Having a
1: whole line sorted out And all three of those forwards going right now Is just huge Well, the only question, I mean, we were talking about this on the show earlier this week and about how many awkward fits there are on the team. And the only one you could look at was Kuzmenko getting healthy scratch for a guy who's, making a decent chunk of money, was a big part of their team last year now, looks to be kind of on the outs. Well, tonight he comes in and scores two goals. And if he's going to continue doing this, now he's up to eight goals in 30 games, which puts him on pace for 22 over an 82-game season. And when you factor in all the struggles, right, and being healthy scratch and the turmoil that kind of he finds himself in, That still shows you there's a bottom line he can provide even when he's not playing well. So if he can find his way back, there isn't a fit on this roster where you look at and say, okay, that's awkward. Sure, you can always upgrade on certain players, but there's nobody who doesn't fit if Kuzmenko comes in and plays the way he does too.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's a question that Kuzmenko's a talented hockey player and very dynamic Mm -hmm. and create offense, right? So if he can find that chemistry on the D side, Get into those staples of talks and really cement him his spot on that line, which I think he did. There was a couple of plays in the third. The one he got it on the line instead of forcing a pass, he got on his horse and he got got up going, and then they created yeah. that. That actually led to the cold backdoor pass to Petey, where Blackwood made that really nice stop. But but yeah, I think if he can get that confidence and that fit going, then yeah, you're cementing. You look, you got some solid lines there for sure. Something even just as simple as shooting, right? Like, immediately, that first
3: goal, it's like, hey, the first chance you get, take a shot. And for for someone like him, okay, maybe you're not entirely a goal scorer, a sniper. Maybe your player profile is more Buck Handler. You want to set people up. But in that line, on that role, you might have to be a shooter. And just to get into that spot again... And he knew that at some point, we were talking about the stat, that at some point he was going to get a chance back in the top six. Mm-hmm. And with Elias Pedersen, you have to embrace the role of being the guy who can score goals. And it was just nice to see, A, he takes that shot in the first chance. And just the way he kind of times up with the play on the second goal, as it comes across to Miller, he kind of loops as well, presents the target. And it's that sort of stuff, that clever play that you know Kuzmenko can do.
2: Yeah, exactly. He's just smart. He, he can be smart on the on – the, um... Offensive side So Yeah yeah, I mean I don't know How to elaborate on that But he's But but like the thing That's always interesting Is like why he doesn't Shoot as much as he Can Yeah He should He should be more selfish He should definitely Be more selfish And shoot And Petey should You were talking Yesterday on the show Petey's such a good Passer Mm -hmm. And finds so many Areas that guys Can't Cover or can't See That you're right He should just Fire the puck Be selfish And Petey should Tell him to shoot it more, and I'm sure they are telling him to shoot more, because he does have a really good shot when he pulls trigger.
3: Would that also open up Pedersen's shot then, knowing that, hey, here's this other offensive threat that's going to be a bit more active? Because Mikheyev is it's is not necessarily his game, and it's certainly not the number one priority on that line, yeah. but just having another player on that, we were talking about Dream Wingers, just, yeah. just someone just, who's going to be willing to shoot it, and suddenly does it make people cheat off Pedersen a little bit, and can he find his shot that way too?
2: Yeah, you think, if you look at the power play, Every, right. every single right. draw today, they were trying to set up Petey for that one-timer right off the draw. That just makes everybody cheat towards that and then cheat towards this one-timer, and then that opens Miller to go downhill right. off the bat. So I think it's the same philosophy. Exactly. If you get Kuzmenko shooting and guys are really trying to protect the shot and D-Men are cheating the block shot, it should open up, hopefully, Petey to, to let it go more too. So, yeah, be more selfish, I would say, to Kuzmenko, which I don't know if we say that but on the (laughs) offensive side be more selfish
1: i am interested to hear the thoughts of the head coach i'm sure he's going to say some positives about that line that line also found itself on the ice with three goals against the Pedersen line and a couple of defensive breakdowns when they were on the ice so it wasn't all clean for them offensively yes so i am really curious to to hear what rick talkett has to say about that because it wouldn't be the first time where he's praised the offense but has had a few words about uh the lack of details at times
2: yeah, a lot of the San Jose goals, I'm trying to think in my head which ones they were out there for, but a lot of them just seemed like crashing the net. Or I said whole plays during the during the broadcast because they were throwing those mm. spinorama blind to, to the slot and just hoping their guys were getting it on there. So, yeah, those are those are tough to defend, I guess. I don't think Demko's going to be probably happy with some of the goals tonight, maybe a little less... Um, solid in the five holes that you see that second goal. I think it was the second one where he has to double clutch there and then Hurdle gets that kind of that five hole a bit, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what talk says about that.
1: Absolutely. Uh, We are going to go outside the Canucks locker room right now where we are joined by Canucks forward Dakota Joshua. Uh, And Dakota, a big win ahead of the Christmas break. You guys have now extended your point streak to nine games. Uh, How does it feel being part of a team that just finds ways to get points and win games right now?
4: Yeah, it's a really good feeling. Um, You know, we're satisfied uh, where we're at at this point in the season, but at the same time we know that there's a bigger goal ahead and uh, it's just uh, part of the process on the way there. So we're looking to uh, pick things up where we left off um, after this Christmas break.
3: We can get into some of the goals your line has been scoring, but I think part of the charm is the reactions you guys are having after the goals. It just feels like you guys are even surprising yourselves with what you're pulling off right now.
4: Uh, just a lot of excitement, you know. You work so hard, so every time you can uh, score a goal out there, yeah, it's it's exciting. So um, yeah, we're just all happy for each other, and uh, it's nice when we can uh, connect for one.
1: Well, and, and it's one of those things where uh, the coach was asked about creativity, and sometimes he mentioned uh, you know there there are ways to be creative within the system, and it seems like you guys really figured that out. I mean, not only winning board battles, doing the simple things, but I mean you guys are scoring highlight goal, real goals. It seems like every game right now.
4: Yeah. Uh, No, yeah, just um, making plays and, and, you know, reading off of each other has has worked out for us lately. So, uh, you know, we're going to keep building. We still know that there's more for for our game to grow, and um, that's what we're going to be working towards.
3: What does this evolution kind of look like? Because the three of you guys get put together and you get, you know, 10, 15 games. What's the next stage of of learning each other and, and continuing to craft out the identity of that line?
4: I would say just making sure our game doesn 't slip, and that we keep leading the charge out there every night and being uh, reliable when when the team uh, maybe needs some energy or you know maybe the other guys aren 't going so well, just making sure that we 're that uh consistent line that's always uh knowing what you're gonna get and um you know chipping in when we can but making sure that uh nothing goes in our net most importantly
1: well and you guys really have zero passengers right like I mean we're talking about every line having success everyone has a role and they're succeeding in that role because Michael comes back in the lineup and scores two goals tonight what is it like in the room when everybody's so invested and and clearly excelling in each role
4: yeah like I said it's it's a great atmosphere in there and um you know is to this point, everybody um, can be happy, but like I said earlier, you know we're we're going for bigger and better things. So just uh, you know we can be happy while while it's going on, but uh, making sure that we're not getting complacent and uh, keep stringing wins here together.
3: Uh, a couple of days off now. What's on tap for Christmas?
4: Oh, just resting up. Resting up. It's been a lot of hockey lately, a lot of travel, so it'll be nice to uh, get these a few days off and get uh, refreshed and then get back at it uh, Thursday night versus Philly.
1: Hey, Dakota, thanks so much for your time. Great stuff. Merry Christmas and enjoy the holiday break.
4: Yes, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you guys, too. Thank you.
1: Appreciate that. That's Dakota Joshua. Scored a goal tonight. That third line scintillating yet again with Connor Garland and Teddy Bluger. And he mentions it'll be nice to have a break. And this is something that the head coach mentioned. He's like, hey, we have a couple games left before the break and then then we're gonna these guys are gonna have a rest they played more games than anybody in the national hockey league 35 so far i mean the kings have played what five fewer games there are other teams that have played far fewer games than the canucks have it hasn't been easy but now they only have two games until january 2nd 28th and january 2nd coming up how positive can that be to have that recharge in the middle here when you've played so many games brett
2: yeah i think it's huge but by getting these points and putting themselves in that position, they've really put themselves in the driver's seat. Now they get to recharge the batteries and come back kind of full blast and go. So, I mean, there is the, the train of thought of, you know, when you're rolling like this, sometimes you don't want to take a break. But I think they have yeah, really worked hard. They've been really busy. They've played a lot of games. And this just sets them up, I think, to have more juice down the stretch, get some guys not healthy but you know there's maintenance they're sore they play a lot of games there's bumps bruises here so just get back into full 100 percent here this stretch from here
3: till like the all-star break basically they, they have a lot of games and it's going to be a bit of a compressed uh, time but as far as like body management things like what, what
2: what's important here in this stretch well yeah this eight these eight days are going to be huge just to get, get that and then it's just Getting like it sounds so cliche, but it's getting your rest, managing. I was just looking at ice times, managing guys mm-hmm. like your top, your top guys are Hughes at twenty two minutes, heronic and Miller twenty one and twenty minutes. That's great. Looking at that right now, like I get it, San Jose and it's seven four, but it was pretty close down to the yeah. stretch to have those guys playing those minutes. Considering Hughes Miller played twenty nine last time against San
3: Jose, this is a big departure.
2: Exactly. So that those kind of things match with these eight games. Hopefully you get to manage that into those tight games, proper rest, proper nutrition, yada, yada. And and especially
3: with the the points they've banked here, you don't have to run these
2: guys out to play 27 regularly, too. Exactly. That's a huge... When I say they put themselves in a driver's seat, it gives them so much more options for rest and for just bench management.
1: Well, and and also... uh burnout's a real thing too, especially when you're as dedicated to your system as the Canucks have shown. I mean, they had the moment there what, over a 10-game stretch where there were 500, 4, and 6 over one stretch, but then they reeled off this 9-game point streak, right? So they've obviously been able to get through it. But when you're playing at this level and you're winning this much too and you're playing in a short period of time, you can hit that burnout stage so it's good to get the break before that happens and their schedule is not going to be easy in January, but as they get into February, March, a big homestand, a nine-game homestand, they don't play back-to-back. It's stretched over three weeks, for instance, the better part of the month on home ice. So it's one of those things where if you play your cards right for January after this break here, like you set yourself up to really be able to maintain this level of play. Maybe they won't be winning 70% of the points over uh, the final, what, 40, uh, 48 games of the, of the season or whatever, but it puts them in a good position to be able to reel off more victories.
2: Yeah, more victories and gaining momentum when it counts. Like Mar- to me, March and April, if you're set up for those to to make a run and you are healthy, then that should carry over into playoffs. So that helps a lot. And if there's teams that are stacked into March and April and haven't got the points and haven't been able to manage the benches, that's going to be huge come into the first round, second round, especially against those heavier teams like L.A. Vegas.
3: I actually wanted to ask you about that third line. Um, are they playing well enough that they can be, like, a shutdown line or a matchup line? Or is it best utilized as just feast on the other team's bottom six? Like, I'm curious if, yeah, no, if, that's if, a great if, if Garland and Joshua can be your, like, shutdown wingers.
2: I mean, they've been really good. Yeah, Like, Garland, we talked earlier in the year about Garland maybe do, being one and done and getting mm-hmm. shut down. I'm not seeing that no, now. Now he's getting out, he's generating, he's... Drawing penalties, so much contact. Yeah, Bluger's such a smart player. He's high hockey IQ. He always seems to be on the defensive side. He had some amazing. That's what led to the Oman goal. Mm-hmm. He had two great sticks, kind of cutting off passes in that shift. He, I think with I think Bluger as kind of the you know the architect on the defensive side there. I think they could be a shutdown line. What's nice is. I don't know if I'd put them out as the shutdown line, but I'm comfortable if you're on the road and they end up against one of those lines. I Mm -hmm. think they can carry the play in that. So that gives you options where, okay, we'll put this line out. If you want to put the top line, we're okay to leave them. If you want to put the bottom sick, we'll let them them feast. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a nice option where you're not just trying to mash these lines and we're like, you can put that out and trust them to do what they do.
1: Final one before we let you go. Pew Suter replaces uh, Niels Hoaglander on the second line with JT Miller and Brock Besser. Second shift with that line, scores a goal. And this is one of the remarkable things about this season too. Anytime somebody in the top six gets sent down, the guy that steps up scores. We saw Lafferty do it, of course. Right now we're seeing... Uh, Guys like Pugh Suter, he did it with Pedersen. Now this game comes up with JT and and Brock. I guess it's, it's a nice problem to have, but it also keeps showing that they're looking for a bit more trust from somebody late in in the in the game on that line with JT and Bess. And it looked like Pugh Suter did his job tonight.
2: Yeah, I think he's. I mean, again, it goes back to the same thing as Blue. I think he's a super smart player. Mm-hmm. He's really responsible on the D side. So I think that was just. Yeah, I think that was just. Uh, hey, will switch this out for the last 10 minutes. Or right, I was, was going to ask, is,
3: is, is that a closeout thing, or is that uh, like a shortening of the bench, or is that like you, so, something structurally had to change with Hoaglander? I mean, the goal was just so odd, uh, yeah. but I, I I just figured it was more about closeout.
2: Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a closeout play. I don't think it's ne- necessarily a punishment to Hoaglander, but I think it's just a, a, a closeout, have a smart player that's going to just Think more on the defensive side than the offensive side,
1: and you want to have one of your maybe smarter players out late as much as possible. And Pew Suter found himself playing with Besser and JT Miller scores a big goal for the Canucks late in the third period. Brett, great stuff as always. Calling the game alongside Brendan Basher, we appreciate your time as always, and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you. And we look forward to chatting with you again very soon. Thank you, you guys as well. Enjoy the time off. Uh, very good. That is Brett Festerling. Fantastic stuff as the Canucks win seven four over the San Jose Sharks. And Vic, uh, before we get out, let's hit us some text messages on our Dunbar Lumber Text Inbox, 650-650. You can also grab a phone line, 604-280-0650, or toll-free, 275 650 Tremendous performance from the Canucks in terms of scoring goals tonight. Seven, including an empty netter from Quinn Hughes. Ten goals on the season, breaking the double-digit barrier. What a campaign from the Canucks captain on the back end. Uh, and it was, what, five different players tonight uh, that had at least two points on the board. So it showed uh, the level of contribution, Vic, the players got. Uh, the team got from its players tonight as well.
3: Uh, uh, it's six guys with uh, double digits, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, you, you are uh, correct. Garland, Miller, Pedersen, Bluger... And because Manko was that five or six and Hughes, and so Hughes, there, there we go. go. Yeah,
1: six players that had two at least two points tonight. So a lot of contributions. Uh, before we go to the phone boards and take a couple, uh, what is happening on the text inbox? Uh, this one here says, uh, "Christmas confession." And uh, no, actually, no, I won't read that one right now. Uh, <laughs> I'll Curtis leave in Kamloops this season to date hasn't been a masterpiece, but how can
3: you not be proud of these boys? Merry Christmas. Uh, that's Curtis in Kamloops. Sean from Northland. Can someone wake me up? Is this a dream? Canucks are the best team in the NHL. My oh am I dreaming. I'm loving this. Uh, that is Sean from North Van. Uh, Yeah, a lot of positivity so far in the inbox. 650-650. Xander 650. in Victoria. Not the cleanest win. We'll take it coming home after the big road trip. Holiday distractions. Good teams win even when they're not playing their best. First in the league at Christmas. Couldn't have asked for a better Christmas present. Merry Christmas, fellas. That is from Xander in Victoria.
1: Yeah, uh, great stuff. We'll keep the thoughts coming in. We'll hit more of your text messages and comments as the show goes on. We, we will also hear from head coach Rick Tocket and Canuck. Players post game, but let's go to the phone boards 604-280-0650. two eight zero zero six fifty. We'll start things off in Campbell River, where we have Gary on the on the line. Gary, thanks for calling in. And what are your thoughts tonight?
5: Hey guys, yeah, I was uh, very impressed by the the third line there, or the thirst line, as people are calling it. Uh, <laughs> very very big, uh, very big fan of those guys. They've uh, all got seven or eight points in the last six games, and the Canucks are eight one and two uh in December, so I got what I wanted for Christmas. I've been saying since October the Canucks are gonna be first in the league. They're gonna get sixty wins. They're on pace for fifty seven right now, but uh hey, <laughs> there's uh there's still a chance to uh catch up to that sixty point uh sixty win mark.
1: Yeah, well, there is enough time already, that's for sure. Hey, Gary, thanks for the phone call. Uh, That's Gary calling in from Campbell River. Uh, Let's take one more phone call here before we hit the break, and let's go to Bella Bella, where we have Don on the line. Don, thanks for calling in. What are your your thoughts tonight after a 7-4 Canucks win?
6: Oh, I just uh, wanted to tell you guys that uh, I was one of those
5: guys who were kind of criticizing, talking on the coup situation, and... uh, Quickly realized tonight that uh, we got to leave the coaching, you know, to the coach making those decisions. I respect that now, and uh, you know, he obviously knows what he's doing. And uh, another thing is, uh, we're going to we're doing all this without Susie. And uh, when we get him back in a week or two or whenever it is, it'll be like making a trade without even making a move. Thanks a lot, guys.
1: Uh, great stuff, Don. That's Don and Bella. Bella calling in and leaving it to the coach. Well, we are going to get the thoughts of the head coach coming up after the break. And yeah, uh, it seems like most moves he makes have worked out as far as Kuzmenko is concerned. Back in the lineup, two goals tonight. We'll talk about him, his place in the lineup, and how he may have helped kickstart the power play, which came through tonight as well. Keep your thoughts coming into our Dunbar Lumber Text Unbox six fifty six fifty, and we will get to your thoughts as the Canuck Central post game show rolls on presented by the number five orange when was the last time you had a hall pass and when did, was the last time you spent time with a real vancouver legend more coming up coming up on home of your canucks sports net 650
7: the most opinionated canucks show out there Canucks talk with jamie dodd and thomas drance be sure to subscribe on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts
0: this is where you talk Canucks. You're listening to the Canucks Central Post Game Show on the official home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. The Canucks are back to even strength and we're into the final minute of the second period. Luger onto a loose puck his own line. Here's a four on two for the Canucks. Right wing to Garland with room in the slot left wing. Joshua scores! Again, the third line keeps on rolling, and this time it's Dakota Joshua with his ninth of the season to make it 5-3,
2: Canucks. Well, this is a replica of the Dallas goal. Garland's so good at this. He pulls it back like he's going to shoot it after he gets to the middle of the ice, looks at the net and makes Burroughs commit with his stick, opens the lane over to Blackwood's right where Joshua is. And he buries it into the yawning cage. What a pass by Garland. Great deception to make Burroughs move that stick out of the lane.
1: What a tremendous goal from the Canucks' third line, if you want to call them that. Dakota Joshua, and that is tonight's play of the game, brought to you by Delaney's OK Tire Langley. It's Satyar Shah with Vic Nazar on the Canucks Central Post Game Show on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. And Vic, I mean, uh, we were kind of running out of superlatives describing the play of that third line. An absolute gorgeous goal from that trio. Dakota Joshua, I mean... What else can you say about a player the Canucks signed last year to a two-year contract, making under 900000 a year, already now up to nine goals on the campaign, had 11 last year in 79 games, just red hot that line tonight.
3: Yeah, 11 goals last year, 12 points, 23 points, a dash, 16, albeit you know, with the context of the Canucks season last year. And then this year, that line has been so good, you mentioned it's his ninth goal, of the year. Dakota Joshua has been flying so far this year. That line has been fantastic as well. They were a plus two tonight. So Dakota Joshua will improve to a plus 12 on the year as well. So it's such a departure from what defensively last year. And even when he was signed, you know, we talked about, like, the expected goals numbers looked really encouraging for him. His name was always popping up yeah. so high among some other great players uh, across the league. And now it's like this role has been kind of manufactured for him. He's thriving in it. The line mates look like they complement each other so well. It is just going fantastic for a guy who's in a contract year like a lot of Canucks players are. But uh, it's it's big hats off to Joshua. Bluger just fits so perfectly. And Connor Garland. This, this new version of Connor Garland that is uh, taking us uh, all by storm here. Certainly a lot of surprises uh, on on this show, certainly.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, a great pass, and he was buzzing again tonight, creating a number of plays, good play defensively as well. That,
3: that play, it's uh, he, he manipulated Miro in yeah. the other day. He goes after Kyle Burroughs on this play today. And just the, the, the creativity to want to do the shot fake and also the awareness that you got another guy coming, you're going to hit Dakota Joshua, he's going to convert that play. And, uh, you know, for someone we've talked about, he's always an eager shooter. Perhaps, you know, over-eager to do it. Uh, He's he's showing off some playmaking ability. Now, suddenly, like Teddy Blugers got this six-game point streak going. Dakota Joshua scoring goals here. uh, Multiple. So, this will be six in his last six games?
1: Yeah, sounds about right.
3: Five in his last six games, I think. Something like Uh, that. So, he's just doing fantastic. And Connor Garland, with more contributions tonight... Uh, finding himself on the score sheet with two assists, that'll be nine points in ten games for Connor Garland.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, he's been fantastic just being the real driver on that line. And Teddy Blueger, 12 points in 21 games, tremendous assist he had uh, uh, on the the niels Olmond goal when he made a great play through the neutral zone. And, and that play, the play of the game, which we'll wrap up here on, and it happened, maybe a bit of a lucky bounce, but it was um, at the end of... Uh, of a shift and Tyler Myers were not uh- on the zone exit, knocks the puck off the glass and falls perfectly for Teddy Bluger and that creates the zone exit and ultimately led to Dakota Joshua's goal. And that is tonight's Play of the Game brought to you by Delaney's OK Tire Langley. Drive through winter with confidence by switching to Toyo Tires, making tires for your road. Visit Delaney's OK Tire today on Fraser Highway in Langley. Alright, uh, keep your thoughts coming into our text inbox. Bick. Uh, what are the people saying to six fifty six fifty Dunbar Lumber? Uh,
3: on that thought of uh, Tyler Myers and Nikitas or of the giraffes were extra chaotic tonight on Text 650-650. Mack texting in. Connor Garland saw the trade from the Vancouver Canucks in light of success that he and the team have been having. Do you think he is still given his agent instructions to continue to pursue other opportunities or has that uh, been shut down and wants to stay? Uh, it's certainly quieted on that front. And I know you, he you know, talked to Ian McIntyre and mentioned maybe some of it was a little overblown. Um you know, when you play this well, suddenly, like that stuff handles itself a lot easier. You're on a winning team. You're in a winning environment. And suddenly, guys are going to want to stay here and want to be here. And he's, he's crafted out this role for him. It's you know, maybe not the yeah. role that he envisioned of being in a top six, but it's not as if you don't have the coaches' trust. It's not as if they're, the, the coach isn't going to put you in positions where you can thrive. And you know, the, the fact that they feel like the the most secure thing right now as far as the forward group. I know we talked about Miller, Pedersen, and and Besser and, and their production, but as far as the total line... Uh, they're the one that doesn't look like they're or, or going to have any changes in the foreseeable future. I don't
1: think so. I don't think you mess with a good thing and uh, maybe still trying to figure a mix in the top six a little bit. Hoaglander situationally at least. Maybe not the full trust there with pugh Shooter coming in. We've seen Kuzmenko's spot be fleeting, but tremendous tonight. Scored two goals. Uh, we'll get some more of your text messages here on the Canuck Central Post Game Show presented by the Number 5 Orange on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shah with Big Nazar. Uh, and let's go back to the phone boards and let's go to Kevin in Vancouver, Kevin. Uh, thanks uh, for holding on to your line. What is going on? What are your thoughts tonight?
7: Um, I I, play, I think Kuzmenko played well today. Um, Josh was underrated, as you guys said. Um, hopefully, we can continue this for the new year. Um, I know it was against San Jose, but never underestimate your opponent. They play well too. But seven fours, I feel, like it's a great game. Um, hopefully, we do well. Keep the momentum against Philadelphia, and hopefully, like keep 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 our top top standing in the new year.
1: Yeah, certainly. Hey, thanks for the phone call. That's Kevin in Vancouver calling in, and they're all sounding like the head coach, sounding like the team. You know, focus on the next game, take care of business, and great at the Christmas break. They only have two games, only I mean, only one game between now and the start of the new year, and that is on the twenty eighth next Thursday against the Philadelphia Flyers. But yeah, you want them to win that game too, right? Take care of business, and then head into the new year on a real like solid slate. We're sitting here with say fifty one points in thirty six games, which. You know, just thinking about that, getting up to fifty-one points in thirty-six games—absolutely tremendous.
3: They had all these days off here yeah. between now and the end of the year, and compare it to someone like uh, the LA Kings, who play tonight play on Wednesday, play Thursday, play Saturday. They have the, all these games to catch up. Uh, and, you know, you're looking at points percentage and all these things. Can LA catch up and all that sort of stuff? Uh, but it, it's going to be challenging because uh, they got a slew of games. Because they obviously traveled overseas. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, they got a lot of games here in short
1: order. Yeah, and uh, this rest is very needed. And the Canucks have earned it very well so far. Uh, let's take one more phone call. Uh, and let's go to Joshua who's on the line. Joshua, thanks for calling in, but uh, what's going on tonight?
5: Zach, Sat Vic, nice to what's talk that? to you guys. Enjoying the show as always. Thank um, you, man. I got a couple things. Obviously, Kuzmenko, my boy, talked down this Steam the other day, and he said everything was fine, and it looks like everything is fine with Kuzmenko. That's good to see. But uh, I just wanted to ask you guys, what, like, what's the most – intriguing thing or surprising thing that you've seen in this season like obviously 49 points leading the league but like what, what's something that like just stands out that you didn't think was going to happen this season thanks guys love the
1: show you hang up and I'll listen thank you very much Joshua appreciate the phone call for me it has to be Brock Besser scoring 24 goals so far like, I mean, I expected, mm-hmm. you know, JT to be good. I expected Pedersen to be good. Uh, maybe Hughes has been better than expected because he's been – but I, I'm not surprised by his greatness. We, like, we know how great he is, for instance. Yeah, the volume. Like, you you could easily have projected a bounce back for
3: Brock Besser. Yeah. But if he was at 13 goals right now, you'd still say, like, oh, well, that's – But I wouldn't be like yeah. – Congratulations.
1: But 24 yeah, is – This is – Is remarkable.
3: R- amazing. Uh, what's really surprising for me that the defensive stuff has sustained, that they've been this strong, and it's com- like we're, we're talking thirty-five games into this, you know, new reality. I, I know you know it was here last year and all that sort of stuff, but I'm really surprised how stout they've looked at times. That we're, we're talking about a team set that's twenty. 0 and 0 now. Yeah. Going into the third period with the lead.
1: That's, that's I mean, we had somebody text in after we mentioned the stat after the second period We're like they're 19 and 0. People like like, "Oh, holy jinx, guys, like settle down. Why are you guys mentioning these numbers?" We we've mentioned them some
3: pretty much since game 7 onwards.
1: Yeah. And don't worry about it is my message. And, and I actually thought in the, th- in the third tonight, the Canucks weren't great, but as soon as the Sharks got within one, they upped their tempo, and then they take the lead back again. So, you can't even be critical of them slightly letting their guard down, because when needed, they still brought their element up higher.
3: Yeah, I think San Jose throughout the course of the whole evening were consistent. Yeah. Uh, they were probably at about a 6.5 out of 10 the whole night. And the Canucks, when they wanted to, could have been an 8 out of 10. And then they, you know, torqued it down to a six, a five, and cut and managed the game. And then San Jose would pop up with a goal or two. And then all right, we got to ratchet it back yeah. up. And whenever they wanted to, they could go get the lead again and and pull away and score another goal again. So, again, I, I thought they just managed the game fine. Was it perfect? No, of course not. But uh, two points is two points, and yeah, like the, that's the thing that stands out is, is how. Just defensively there's, 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 the worries are gone. Like there's yeah. issues, of course, there's gonna be issues. I always use the phrase that the other team's allowed to win too, and they're trying to come up come up with plays and they're gonna score goals. But just overall, the fact that you can go into third periods and
1: it's over. That's like that to me is the thing that blows me away. Hallmark of good teams. And and they're exhibiting some of the, I mean, I know people talk about the metrics, so to speak, but I was talking to Dan about this uh, before the game. Before the era of the advanced statistics, let's say we go back 12, 13 years ago, and we looked at a team that currently has the most regulation wins in the NHL, has the most goals in the league, top three and Mm -hmm. fewest goals allowed in the National Hockey League, a great power play, eh, average PK, but the best goal differential in the league, automatically people would say, oh, they're the best team in the league. Now, when there's more metrics and the shooting percentage thing people know. They look at it. And you can dig a bit deeper and people cast a little bit of doubt about how sustainable this is and whatnot. But at some point, when somebody shows you who they are repeatedly, believe who they are. Mm. And we said this about them last year when they played poorly. Well, wouldn't the reverse be true when they're playing as well as they are this season in terms of results and how good they're different? The differentials that matter the most, they're excelling in. And at some point, you also have to tip your cap to that, and uh, regardless of how how the percentages may line up,
3: uh, you you asked me to mark it down a while
1: back too. Oh, about, Canucks PK, by the way.
3: Yeah, about the Canucks PK. Yeah, and,
1: and how and much better has it gotten?
3: Uh, look, over the past what nine games here, it's 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 turning it around. Yeah, it's turning it around, as you said. How much of a runway do you
1: want? Take uh,
3: this to to January or? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I said I said the new year, right? I mentioned the new year. I, can't
3: remember. I, I, I didn't even write down the date. I should written down the date.
1: Yeah, I said by I said. I said we're going to have a at some point in the season we're going to talk about how the power how the PK is going to be a strength for the team.
3: So tonight what, went oh or sorry went three for three. Yeah, perfect on the PK. Three for three. So that is twenty three or twenty six here over the last nine games.
1: That's is pretty that good.
3: Eighty nine percent.
1: Yeah, almost ninety percent.
3: Eighty eight point five percent.
1: Yeah, and they're moving up the standings now too. Uh, PK is getting stronger. If they can get to about eighty percent at some point in the season. I think that would be a huge, huge benefit for this team. All right. Keep your thoughts coming into our text inbox, 650-650. Uh, this one here says, Jesse from Bear Mountain. Alvin and Tockett are locked to win GM and Coach of the Year awards. As far as Patrick Alvin goes... I mean, the funny thing is, maybe his master stroke, which was getting Kuzmenko for free, essentially, on an entry-level contract for one year, uh, the only misstep could potentially be the extension for Kuzmenko, which was a two-year deal when he was getting healthy scratch, but then he comes and scores two goals tonight. It's hard to really pinpoint a bad decision, or at least a bad outcome from a Patrick Albino decision so far. Like a, a like objectively bad outcome.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to think.
1: Like even the Kuzmenko thing is still like, hey, it yeah. was bad now, but you know. I mean, oh, again. No, no, no.
3: There's no way you can say that the Kuzmenko thing is a bad decision. Like, he scored 39 goals no, last year.
1: I'm just saying. I mean, he struggled or yeah. whatever, but is there, what well, you can point to one like a bad. You can talk about, okay, Studnika didn't work out, but then they flip him and get a six-round pickback for him. Yeah. So it's like, it, it but still works it, out. If that's
3: what we're talking about, like, the, the leverage of, like, Jack Yeah. not working out.
1: That's fine. That's pretty much it. I mean, you can you can look at Ethan Bear that they brought him in, gave something up to get him, and but then that, he, he he they don't have him still. Sure, but I mean, he got hurt. We don't know what he is. There's
3: circumstances to that one, right? Yeah. Like if, if again,
1: objectively bad outcome from a Patrick Alvin decision. You're hard pressed to find if one.
3: he never gets hurt, he's in the Canucks lineup right now. Yeah. Now, hey, the sliding doors of that is you know Ian Cole here, is Carson Susie here? All that plays out. Uh, so, so even that one's almost seemingly worked out Because they managed to get some of these guys in here Without that money allocated to Ethan Bear.
1: Yeah, no, for sure So I think that's a good point And as far as Rick Tockett goes um, Coach of the year He certainly has the inside track right now, doesn't he? You can look at him, uh, Rangers head coach uh, Peter Laviolette, Torts, Torts, and the Flyers. Will be in there. I think right now the t- the three are Laviolette with the Rangers. They're the best. They have the best point percentage in the National Hockey League. The Rangers do. Uh, Canucks have the most points in the NHL, and then the Flyers are the biggest surprise in the NHL.
3: Yeah, uh, they're,
1: they're they're firmly holding on to a top three spot in their division in a playoffs position. Yeah, right
3: now. Yeah, I, I think the two biggest surprises across the league would be the Canucks and the Flyers. Yeah.
1: Uh, and that same, I mean, the Canucks are a big surprise in terms of how excellent they've been. I don't think people would have been surprised if they make the playoffs, so to speak. No, but I don't think anybody would have expected the Flyers to make the playoffs this year.
3: There's a nine-point gap between the Canucks and the Flyers. Yeah, right? it's so pretty it's, big. It's that much of a gap to me is like, they're this excellent. That to me is a big surprise. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, uh, that sounds like a good uh, trio there. Yeah, no, 100%. If, if the Coyotes keep this going out the, the rest of the way. There's another Coach of the Year candidate?
1: Yeah, no, they, um, absolutely. There, there are a few guys there that deserve it, but right now, Rick talking as good a chance as anybody. This text says, bringing in Talkett early last season seems to be an absolute genius move. Well, it's certainly paying off massively at the moment. Let's go back to the phone board, 604-280-0650, uh, and let's go to Vancouver where we have Tim on the line. Tim, thanks for calling in, and what are your thoughts tonight?
5: I enjoy listening to your show. I was Thank watching you. Hot Tonight in Canada. And uh, John Shorthouse and the commentator are looking for a name for a Garland line. And uh, Garland's like a badger on a puck, so it should be the badger line.
1: <laughs> All right, I like that. I like that. Uh, hey, Tim, no, no, thanks. No, what he else?
8: Re-
5: he reminds me of that. He's, he's, he's like a dog on a bone, man, with uh, with a puck, eh? And mm-hmm. what a great line. And uh, it's, fun, it's fun watching the Vancouver Canucks again. I'm a diehard Canuck fan. Always watch them and always will. And I enjoy your show. I listen to it every day, Monday to Friday, and sometimes on weekends.
1: Hey, Tim, very much appreciated. Uh, Happy holidays to you. Uh, Thanks for the thoughts, and uh, thanks for listening and enjoying the show as well. Uh, We love being here, and it's been a lot of fun, especially with how the Canucks are winning so many games right now. And I mean, there's nothing... Wrong, you can say, I and mean, we got a lot of people texting in nicknames for that third line as well. Uh, he mentions the Badger line. Uh, others have mentioned, uh, you know, the Crazy 8s line. Uh, we, we've also seen some maybe galaxy brain ideas as well. Oh, yeah, like you know, a lot of math. Like you got to be a quantum physicist to figure some of these out. The Crazy
3: Eight ones is like it needs explaining, but it's at least it makes sense. That's the one I like the best so far.
1: Okay, explain what? what explain how they get to Crazy 8s.
3: We, we had two people text us in ninety seconds apart. Two different people text us in. Uh, in the second intermission, uh crazy eights garland wears eight, yeah Joshua has an eight in his number, and five plus three for blueger equals eight um crazy eight line it's 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 the best one I've heard so far,
1: but I don't know if I love it Okay, right. yeah, somebody said lifeline that's been that's been used a few times, uh you know, actually, I saw one on Twitter from uh, Ben Kuzma replied the Joshua tree. It's actually not bad. Joshua three. That's actually not bad. It's actually not bad. Uh, shouts to our friend Ben Kuzma from the province. Uh, OK, a lot of good reaction on the, on the text inbox. Ryan says, we don't talk enough about Juleson. He's turning into Tanev in front of our eyes. Mistake free hockey. I, I don't know if I go as far as saying he's turning into Tanev. However, we talked about him a bit during the second intermission. And then uh, a, as we were talking him up and, and how steady he's looked, but not only, not only how steady he's looked, looked better moving the puck tonight and, and recent games and looks far more confident. And then in the third period, Bic, there was a moment where you turned to me and said, wait, who is that, 47 or 43? I was joking, but uh,
3: <laughs> look at him, he hit a, a rush up the ice where yeah. he split two forwards, gets the zone entry through the middle of the ice, and, uh, yeah, he was he was willing to accelerate and, and showed a little bit more <laughs> burst. So, Hey, he keeps stacking up
1: games here all of a sudden. Yeah, he, he, he absolutely is. And, you know, somebody, te- Gurnor, texts in and says this team needs another defenseman. Well, Carson Soucy, some positive developments on him and how um, he's back skating. And as we mentioned, don't expect him before the new year. So, And the coach didn't have a timeline on his return. But the first, the second week of January, during that road trip the Canucks head out, the big seven-game road trip, uh, once they... Uh, finish through here in Vancouver, that's going to be a big challenge for this team. And he's going to have to obviously, um, you know, come back during that time, which isn't easy necessarily, but he's going to be back. And I think that's going to be a big boost to the blue line. And ultimately, yeah, I mean, could you add another defenseman to really take your team to the next level? I am also very curious to see how the top six looks when Carson Soucy slots back in. And as good as Noah Juleson's been, he's going to be the obvious guy coming out.
3: Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see who's the the lefty that gets flipped over too. But Carson Susie was playing so well before he got hurt that he, he's got to go back in. Um, I, I'm really interested to see what the pairings look like when that happens. Yeah, I imagine Susie Myers because they were playing so well. Yeah, Zadorov Myers has worked. Is it Zadorov Cole? I, I, I just think there's so many options.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. It's going to be interesting to see. All right, let's hit another phone call before we hit the break. Uh, let's go to Nanaimo where we have Aiden on the line. Aiden, thanks for hanging on, man. Uh, what you got for us tonight?
5: Hey, boys. Um, you know what? Um, beginning of the season, September, whenever the season starts, did you ever think Canucks were going to be first in the league heading into the Christmas break?
1: <laughs> no nope. chance. Nope.
5: No, not a chance, right? Like, unbelievable start to the season. I, I, I can't express it enough. Um, I don't know. Uh, the game tonight, it was against San Jose. But, like, you know what? Like, you base every game. Like, you can't base one team off of a bad game. You can't base teams off, like, their, um, their standings. But the Canucks are impressive. Yeah, some of the time I don't like the way they play. But you know what? 90% of the time... I like the way they're playing. They're a core team. They're they're good. They're good this year. And you know what? You want to know a really interesting fact that you probably already know, but in 2011 or 2012 or whatever, the, that was the last time they were first in the NHL standing. Guess where they went? Stanley Cup Finals. So I don't know. You know what? Maybe this year will be the same, and you know what? Maybe we'll even win it. Have a good night, boys. Merry hey, Christmas thanks. to
1: you all. Hey, Merry Christmas to you too, and happy holidays. Um, just a quick fact check. The last time the Canucks were first in the National Hockey League, they actually lost in the first round to the LA Kings. <laughs> it was 2012. 2011, they were first and went to the Stanley Stop Cup being Final. A I'm just, great I'm just being factual, is all. That's, I'm not being a great. I'm just saying. But diff, different, different I, time and everything. Uh, I'm I'll, just I'll, saying. I'll
3: relay this. This one's from Sportsnet Sats. Uh, the Canucks were the first Canadian franchise to sit atop the NHL's overall standings at Christmas. Since the Senators in 05. That was the oh. Sportsnet stats. Wow,
1: nice. Stats. Stats. I, I like it. Stats. Stats, yeah. Sportsnet stats, yes. Soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, All right. keep your thoughts coming into our Dunbar Lumber text in inbox, 650-650. You can also grab a phone line, 604-280-0650. Canucks win 7-4 over the San Jose Sharks, leading the Western Conference, leading the Pacific Division. Most points in the National Hockey League. What a tremendous start to the campaign and a great way to head into the Christmas break. We'll get back for more of your thoughts, and we'll keep breaking the game down. Plus, we'll hear from head coach Rick Tockett as the Canucks Central Post Game Show rolls on, presented by the number five orange so your Christmas party is over, but is your night really done? The number five is open. More coming up on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650.
7: Catch up on what happened in Vancouver sports with Halford and Bruff in the morning. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is the Canucks Central post game Show. Join the discussion on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650, and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Miller at the faceoff Dot now to Pedersen to the line. Made a nice move away from Cunningham. Pedersen passes right-wing half-boards to the Canucks captain, Quinn Hughes. Hughes back to Pedersen. Left circle, Miller shot. Pass, they scored! Kuzmenko again! A beautiful deflection from between the dots, and Andre Kuzmenko has his second goal in the first seven minutes of the game. It's 2-0 Canucks.
2: I love this play. It feels dangerous every time Miller gets the puck headed downhill. And Kuzmenko sets up right in the slot. And San Jose's trying to recover. They were so aggressive on the wall. They don't really have anybody on that side of the ice. Miller, nice snatch out on the ice for Kuzmenko to redirect again. Beats Blackwood, glove side.
1: Canucks win 7-4 over the San Jose Sharks, and this is the Canucks Post postgame show presented by the Number 5 Orange, Satyar Shah, with Bick Nazar. Keep your thoughts coming into our text inbox, 650-650. We are going to hear from the head coach, Rick Tockett, in just a moment. but Let's take one more phone call, 604-280-0650, and we have JD on the line. JD, what's going on? Welcome to Vancouver. How are you?
5: Hey, boys. How you going? It's a bit cooler here than we are, I'm used to, but it's great. Great game. A little bit sloppy in between, I thought, but um, uh, it's good to see Cosi get back onto the score sheet, eh?
1: Yeah, no kidding. So um, what else do you think about Yeah, the game? I just
5: thought they went away from their structure. I just thought they went away from their structure a bit, boys, tonight, in the in the middle of the game. So um, I don't know if Toshi will be very happy with that.
1: Yeah, I am actually curious to hear from uh, the head coach coming up in a minute. Hey, hey J.D., thanks for the phone call, man. Always appreciate you listening and chiming in uh, on Twitter as well. He's traveled all the way from Australia to come here and Long watch the game. Flight. Uh, and no he, spends jet lag. Time, uh, Twitter, uh, he spends a lot of time, if you follow him on Twitter, he spends a lot of time driving around and flying around for his job. So he's well-equipped for it, but a little bit colder here in Vancouver <laughs> than obviously how it's like there. But we appreciate him being here and sharing his thoughts about the game. And thought said... Uh, they, they got away from the structure at times, were mm-hmm. loose at times, and they did allow four goals. And he was curious to hear the thoughts of the head coach. And here is Rick Talk at game after a 7-4 win over the Sharks
9: at Rogers Arena. I mean, it's a game where, uh, you know, I, I give a lot of credit. They work hard. They can fr- frustrate you. But uh, we hung in there. There were some moments there. That we didn't like our game, but then, you know, you hung in there. We got seven goals and we win the game. You know, happy, you know, Merry Christmas to the guys. Three days off. They they deserve it. And um, that's the way I look at the game. Yeah. Points in nine straight
0: for your group now. And a big key to the success has been some of the depth scoring, not just the Bluger line, but you get a goal from Oman tonight as well. Suter scores. How crucial is it to develop that, to have scoring throughout your lineup as you look forward to the second half of the season now?
9: Well I think it was important because there was times where San Jose you know, they, they scored quick to goals and we'd forward to it. then they they made a push and we answered the bell. Who knows if we you know if we don't answer the bell, who knows you know what what could happen. So I thought um, some of the goals were really crucial at the time. They kind of uh, put a little bit of uh, water on there, a little bit of fire. You know what I mean? I thought um you know getting that other goal, the fifth goal helped us. I think it goes five four and then get the sixth well. Like it just seemed like we answered the bell when San Jose made the push. It feels like that's happened quite a few times this season. What is it about this group that's been able to, you know, punch back, it feels like, at times when games start
3: to feel like we've seen in the past slip away this season, they seem to be able to get the punch back here?
9: Well, I think, you know, I think certain lines at certain times this year really helped us. Obviously, the third line, whether right now they're playing really well. You know, they could be... Playing a lot higher, you know, in the lineup, uh, they're, they're just, you know, they're, they're, you know, that's a hell of a goal you know, with Garland and, and, and Dak to get us back in the game. Um, I just feel that each line has done something this year to help us when uh, the other teams made a push at us. You know, four lines um, with a little bit of a break here. How nice is it
3: for team morale to? Sit where you guys are at first in the league at this point.
9: Well, it's nice you know, get to go home for three days, um, and I think the, you know NHL takes a break and guys can enjoy their families. I mean, we, we do. We definitely need a break. The guys need to get away from the rink for three days and, like I said, be with their families and enjoy it. And they should. And then uh, we'll worry about when we get back. Uh, the task at hand. We got You know, obviously the second half's coming here. There were a few mistakes
2: that were yeah. pretty obvious. How much of them were just about being tired, having played so much hockey, as you just mentioned?
9: Yeah, I think so. Maybe, you know, I, I could attribute it. But, you know, like I said, these are learning lessons when you're tired. You, you know, sometimes you just got to hang in there. Um, I think there's a stat we said before the game. Expected. Something about, like, uh, Christmas, the, the, the games on the 23rd, the margin of it, it it's like a – it seems like whoever wins, it's always by – A large, like by two or three goals. I don't know. Dylan Crawford, a video, who's telling me about it. It makes sense. It just seems like, and if you watch, it's either teams are going to win by a lot, or the teams. You know, you could be upset, and um, I don't even know if I explain myself. I got to get Dylan to explain it, but it made it it made it made sense to me on the twenty third. For some reason, on the twenty third. Uh, it sounds like goals. the team, team trailing is going to sag. Like it's just like okay, let's go home. Let's exactly, this. and that's kind of what he said in, in his pre-scout. It made but, sense to me. With that in mind, I mean, obviously, getting yeah. seven goals is a statement about, as you said, your
2: team kept finding something, kept finding that. goal.
9: Well, we answered Anytime, time, like I said, at San Jose made a push. We answered with a big goal, and that's what you got to love about. You know, that's this game. Obviously, there's some stuff that we don't like, and we got to clean up. But for the most part. You know, mentally, I think we were a little tired, and uh, but we hung in there to win the game. Want to ask you about Kuzi? Uh, yeah, got the two early goals. There was a, a stretch. Um, I think there was a
6: four, their fourth goal. Maybe he loses his guy, but you put him right back out there on the next but, shift. Just take me through that reasoning.
9: Yeah, I, I mean, listen, you know, people make mistakes, you know, and it's like I, I'm not. I got to take a look, though. I'm not sure. Like, yeah, I understand he's maybe he's got to protect the back door, but I'm not. I don't know if I can really. It's. 100% his fault. And, um, you know, I just told him, you know, you know I want to get him back out there. You know, I don't want to, you know, I want to get his confidence. He had two goals. Um, you know, he's a good, great kid. Like, after the game, he came up to me and he apologized for a couple of things. I'm like, just play. Like, I, I don't, you don't need to apologize. Got two big goals for us. He almost got the third on the power play. I wish he got that third. That would have been really nice. But, uh, yeah, it's a, little ch- uh, it's a, you know, another building block for him. Similar moment with Joshua. He Tries to make a play on a penalty kill, yeah. turns it over. You know, you talk to him on the bench, and then a couple shifts later, he scores. Has he kind of earned that benefit of the doubt? Were you just going to throw him back out because how well he's? Yeah, been? he's earned the rope. I mean, you know, he, you know, you guys know. Two three months ago, you know, he was in the do- where he's in the doghouse or what? But he, you know, he he took it and he's really took his game to another level. Um, and I think he's done a nice job penalty kill. So, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a brain, you know. Um, you know, the word I was going to say, but he knows, uh, you know, he knows why, why go up to a guy and tell him he knows he, he made the mistake. So it's when if a guy makes two or three mistakes in a row, that's when you're, you know, that's when you have to kind of make people accountable.
10: Rick, how impressed have you been with Teddy Bluger? I mean, I'm sure you had an idea yeah. of the player that you were getting, but this is a guy that had to catch up to the rest of the team in the league yeah. after being hurt there in that final preseason game. And I know that's not easy And, I mean, I think we all knew he had defensive chops, but clearly, like, the play that he makes on the Amon goal and just the run that he's on right now. Like, as a coach, what do you appreciate about a player that doesn't get a lot of sort of fanfare?
9: Well, he's a team guy. He's a a system guy. Sometimes he'll sacrifice his game points for the team. Um, And he's made some big plays this last month um, for us. Um, You know, obviously the penalty kill... He's first. He's you know he's over the over the bench first on us, um, you know and you know he had a couple of other teams options this summer to play, and he chose us. Um, and, and, you know thank God he had a relationship with Patrick and, and Jim, but he's really uh, you know when so you know suits goes down, he fills that role and, and uh, you know how do you you can't take him out of that role right now because that line's been great for us.
10: You guys are thirteen three and one in this building. Yeah. I know they haven't all been pretty. This one yeah. wasn't, but. I mean, that's an incredible record. Uh, What do you think that means and should mean moving forward here down the stretch as you play more games that are of consequence to sort of know that there is a confidence of winning in this building?
9: Well, I think any good team or, you know, teams that are vying to go to the next level, you, you have to be good at home, hard to play against. Identity. Um, and we're still chipping away at that, you know, where teams come in here. You know, there's certain buildings in the NHL, and you know you go in their building. It's tough to win. And we're trying to create that identity, um, you know, whether it's stingy, doesn't give up much, you know, um, very, you know, consistency. And we're still trying to strive for that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, to get the next level, you have to have a good home record. And obviously, so far, it's, it's been good for us. Early in the season, it looked like uh, Noah Juleson was struggling, uh,
1: maybe making some poor decisions with the puck. It seems like he's really turned his game around. I think tonight shot attempts were something like 13-2 for the Canucks when he was on the ice at 5-on-5. What have you seen in the maturation of his game and how he's kind of turned things around this season?
9: (laughs) Yeah, he really struggled early. Um, I got to give him a lot of credit because he's really worked with uh, Sergey and footy. Um, on positions, um, puck decisions, um, you know, and he sat, uh, I don't know how many times, what he said, said it about seven games in a row, he didn't play, um, and he just worked and worked. I mean, I, I, I have a lot of, cre- I, I got a soft spot for those type of players because he didn't pout, um, you know, he didn't, you know, he came to work every day, um, and if you watch his positioning, it's just a credit where he, you know we were, we want him to be, and it's almost like he goes to the areas that you want him to go. And his puck, puck decisions have been really, you know, to me have been really good. Um, I thought he was probably our best defenseman tonight in a sense of just calmness. Um, so yeah, he's been he's been a really like the, especially the last thirteen fourteen games, just a guy that you can rely on, and he and he's not afraid to block a shot. I mean, the guy's got a lot of courage. So yeah, good for him. I mean, he's chipping away at his game. Really, he really is.
8: And um, going back to those Pittsburgh Cup teams that you were a part of in 2016 and 17, mm. um, a big part of the success of those teams and the excitement was that uh, that third line, that HBK line. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you see parallels between what the, that group brought to Pittsburgh and what this third line is doing right now.
9: <clears throat> well, I mean, it's, it, you know, sometimes the third line gets, you know, they get some matchups because, you know, they, they might get the 5-6 of another team. And when a, a third line that the way they're playing, they could take advantage of that. So that's really what happened with that line and um and those two cup years. They really took advantage of the the fifth, sixth defenseman. And we they you know, most teams had matchup problems. Um and right now there's some teams that are having some time you know, they're they're giving them fits. Um and I, I think that's a that's a good comparison, but Let's wait till if, if, they're, if we make the playoffs. I mean, if we may. I don't even want to talk about the playoffs, but yeah, yeah. But though they, they, listen, I, I get it because they do have, they're playing so well, there. there's matchup problems with the other team. Yes.
1: That is Canucks head coach Rick Tockett uh, after a 7 4 win over the Sharks as the Canucks enter the Christmas break atop the Western Conference, and they currently have the most points in the National Hockey League. And, uh, A lot of great things there from him towards the end. He doesn't even want to talk about a playoff spot. I mean, yeah, the job's not done. The the Canucks are sitting here with 49 points. To be a playoff team, you need at least 94, you would say. So, what, you're at least 54 points off? You're not even halfway point of how many points you need, not to mention you want to probably finish in the top three in the division and have over 100 points, hopefully. So it's one of those things where a lot more work needed to be done here from the Canucks. you say 54? Yes. No. No, sorry. No, sorry, 44. My bad. Yeah. 44. 44 points away. 46. Yeah. 46? 45. Wow, this is bad math right now. <laughs> this is really bad we got to stop We're in the eggnog, ladies <laughs> <please laughs> and gentlemen. We, everyone needs a break. We all need a bit of a break. Uh, a lot of uh, good thoughts on the text inbox. This one here says, uh, you got to love Talk's take on Kuzmenko. His approach to building players' confidence has to be applauded. Even with a few mistakes, you can tell he really wants Kuzi to be successful. We all do. He is such a great kid. That is an unsigned text. And he said he really wanted Kuzmenko to get the hat, hat trick. And mm-hmm. he said to him, and Kuzmenko came and apologized for making some mistakes. And he's like, don't, don't apologize. Just go out there and Score play. Two goals. Nice. And you know what? He, there were a few defensive mistakes and on the play that Tauket mentions, I believe it's the third goal for San Jose uh, or the fourth goal where he loses his man on the back door. And he said he wasn't sure exactly who was at fault, but he didn't really have much interest in being critical. It was more about, hey, he scored two goals. Let's build this guy up and, and hopefully get him on a run here.
3: Especially when they got all these days off here. Yeah, The last thing you want these guys to do is be smarting. Like, really? Coach said this? Mm-hmm. And we're going into holidays, and we got one game in eight days here. He's going to keep it positive. He's going to keep it light. And especially the guy who scored two goals tonight. They scored seven goals. Like, I know there was issues tonight. Yes. They scored seven goals
1: tonight. Yeah. Well, it's, it's tremendous. It, it's absolutely tremendous. This text here says, First in the league in goals for per game. Second in the league in goals against per game. In 2011, the Canucks were plus .95 goal differential per game. And we are currently plus 1.35 goal differential per game. Uh, I don't have stats to back it up, but it feels like the Canucks dominate both slots. Only Only really gives away shots from the outside. And the shots we take are usually from the middle of the ice from the point uh, when we have a guy going inside to tip or get a rebound. Very impressive. Appreciate your guys' effort on the pre and post game shows. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the text message and, and thanks for the kind words. But he's right. I mean, hey, the differentials are really high, but it's still mm-hmm. relatively early. In the, in, well, it's not early in the season anymore, but you're sitting here at game 35. Let's see by game 82 if, if they're going to be at 1.35 uh, gold differential per game. But. He's right in terms of the Canucks dominating both slots.
3: Yeah, that's the, the the thing that really stands out, that even defensively, you watch sometimes that there's just like three guys just camped out there no matter where the puck is, and they're very cognizant of the idea of protect the guts, that, you know, things we hear uh, Rick Toggett mention all the time. Uh, do they sway from it sometimes? Yeah, but by and large, you've really noticed uh, how sharp there defensively and and, and the emphasis on boxing out. And then even offensively, they've stuck with it of this idea of shots from distance and creating rebounds and tippins, and it's worked for them. Again, it's all the stuff that we think can translate to the playoffs. I'm surprised it's gone on this long, but here's the thing we want to talk about. What was the evolution going to look like? Well, the third line is going through an evolution right now. Yeah, well, so that's how it starts to come together. Again, they're they're as you said last post game, they're walking some of these goals into the net.
1: Yeah, and it's it's not like we're we're talking about just seeing eye shots going no. through. And when you dig dig a bit deeper too, because yes, they're writing shooting percentages, and yes, you know some of those metrics obviously show there will be some sort of quote unquote regression and so to speak. But how they're the way they're generating their high danger chances, and when you look at shots from the slot, and that broke these numbers down, down from the NHL edge data. The Canucks are top eight in creating high-danger scoring chances inside, or high-danger shots from the inside. One of the best in the National Hockey League, and in terms of defending that slot area, the numbers also back it up. One of the best in the National Hockey League. So do a lot of good things, and we'll see how it progresses as the season goes on. Keep your thoughts coming in to our text inbox, six fifty six fifty. You can also grab a phone line, 604-280-0650. Canucks win 7-4 here at Rogers Arena, over the San Jose Sharks. It's Satyar Shaw with Pick Nazar. We'll continue here on the Canuck Central Post Game Show, presented by the number five orange on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650, and the Sportsnet Radio Network.
7: Big opinions and good bets. It's the People Show with Bick Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is where you talk Canucks. You're listening to the Canuck Central Post Game Show on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650, and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Pedersen nearly had a chance to jam home a rebound too as Miller wins the face-off in the shark zone. Back to Hughes for the line. They score! Hughes-Suter got a tip on it in the middle of the ice and it's 6-4 Canucks.
2: Great win by Miller. Get it right back. Go to the net. Souter's doing the drive-by flash with Miller right in front of Blackwood and it gets tipped down five hole by Souter. Huge goal. Big time of the game to get that right there.
1: Pew Souter steps into Hognander's spot late in the third period helps the Canucks win 7-4 and this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show presented by the Number 5 Orange on the home of your Canucks Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network Satyar Shah with Bick Nazar keep your thoughts coming into our Dunbar Lumber text inbox 650-650 you can also grab a phone line 604-280-0650 let's start things off with a phone call let's go to Sean in New West Sean, thanks for calling in uh, what, what, what are your thoughts tonight?
8: Uh, first off, thanks
1: for
7: taking my call. Uh, for a great show, Seth Vic. Um, thoughts are, I was at the game. Great. Uh, you know, obviously, it wasn't a Picasso, obviously. Um, defensively, there were some issue breakdowns and stuff. But hey, you know what? A win's a win. They got, they scored seven goals. Their first overall of the NHL standings. Uh, Kuzmico getting two goals. Pretty good for his confidence. Um, you know, the kid can score. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, and yeah, it feels good being first overall. Um, Seth, I do have one question for you. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, do you think the Cleveland Browns can make the playoffs?
1: And I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. <laughs> hey, thanks for the phone call. Of course I do, man. Cleveland, have, they have nine wins on the season, nine and five. Uh, they're playing the Texans tomorrow morning. If they beat the Texans, they're not all assured to be in, but I like their chances with the last two games being against the Jets and the Bengals. So, yeah, I think the Browns make the playoffs. Three games to go. out. they can win two of them. Eleven gets you in. Ten, probably, I'm not sure, but eleven does in the AFC. 650,
3: 650. <laughs> Big Jake doesn't believe yeah. protects <laughs> box. Uh This one, uh, Masonry really Wall. Connor Garland, excellent game. Flying around the ice was a game changer uh, on both sides of the puck. And this one, Cam from Nanaimo. Uh, so as Canucks fans, what do we really have to complain about? We're are on top of this league. Uh, we have had a 180-degree turnaround from last year. The boys are playing great hockey. You still need to beat those top teams. But this is something we haven't had as fans for a decade. Don't forget to enjoy this and don't let our pessimism get to us. So Cam's looking for things to complain about but uh, has nothing to complain about.
1: I mean, after tonight, Kuzbenko comes back and scores two goals. You could have said before this game, Kuzmenko healthy, scratch, his spot, whether you agree with it or not, and you know him obviously not being quite as prolific. I think that would have been the one. He comes back and scores a couple goals. It's hard. It's hard to complain. It's hard to complain. Uh, let's continue on the phone boards as well. Well, let's go to Mike and Surrey. Mike, uh, what are your thoughts here before Christmas? The Canucks just keep winning, man. All they do is keep scoring. Mike? Hey, hello, guys. Great show. Thanks, buddy.
11: Yeah. Um, so, don't want to be the bearer of Grinch news, but um,
1: so you have something to complain about. Then is what you. I'm
11: saying. not complaining. I'm just <laughs> okay. pointing something out. Is <laughs> okay, that okay. you guys are the ones saying, "Oh, well, we can't. You know, we can't uh, trust the underlying stats and all this PDO and regret." You know they're the first tier. They're the first in gold differential. They're the first in offense. They're first in defense. They're this. They've got key players at all the you know important positions. They, there's these super secret stats that have them unbelievably fourth. Did you say and third? Yet the most credible sports book in the world has them thirteenth to win the cup. Now what? Doesn't compute there, guys. There's Dallas is half as uh, close to a uh, short as odd as Vancouver. I'm just pointing that out. Like you know what I mean? They don't have a skin in the game, right? So so uh, the books will 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 balance as soon as they can, right? To to make equal money, they're not in the business of losing money. And if anyone out there thinks that I'm wrong and and you guys are all right and all these super stats are right go make your money but 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 there's something not jiving usually a team that is first in the league you know with all this you know goal differential and all this stuff they're they're not 13th in the league to win the cup and you can't say it's a division because Teams that are above them have tough divisions too, right? Like teams that are ranked above them. Dallas is in a very tough division. they got Colorado, Winnipeg. Boston is in a tough division, on and on. The Toronto Maple Leafs have a a, a much better odds of winning the Cup than the Canucks. So what's going on, guys? What are we missing here?
1: Uh, All right. Hey, thanks for the phone call. Mike And Suri is uh, pointing to the Vegas odds. Mike, like
3: the Grinch, wouldn't touch the Canucks with a 39 and a half <laughs> foot pole.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very good. That's very good. I, I mean, listen, like we said, there will be regression. Like, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Sometimes Mike likes to be selective with the things he points at. Like we said, all we're doing is pointing out the things the Canucks are great at. There are underlying metrics that aren't great. Now, Clearly, the metrics, there are some things that you have to be careful with, especially with the context. There's a lot of good context for the Canucks with the things they have done. Uh, as far as the Vegas odds go, well, what goes into Stanley Cup odds oftentimes is more than just simply the performance of this year. It also looks at historical things. Like, what are the chances the Canucks win the Stanley Cup this season? Probably from an odd standpoint, and especially with their history of the past couple of years, it's probably not going to look great. Even though they've been great so far, they're going to have to do more the rest of the season to be bigger favorites in terms of what Vegas has done. So I think it's a reflection of we're 35 games into the season. And as good as the Canucks have been, they have to sustain it a bit longer to mm-hmm. truly be seen as a cup favorite. And by the way, 13th,
3: I think the range that you and I have been talking about is 10 to 12th. Yeah. Right? Somewhere between the 10 and 12th best teams in the league. That's great progress from where we thought coming into the year. Where yeah, we bubble be, playoff team. They'd be battling somewhere between 14th to 20th best team in the league, and maybe they could get into the playoffs. Well, now they've all but confirmed that they're going to the playoffs. And even like, okay, so you're saying you're going to take the field. That's not a daring proclamation. <laughs> even Jeffro's texting in here. Do you guys think this team will finish first overall by the end of the year as far as standings? I would still take the field. It's really difficult to win the president's trophy, right? They've 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 had some things go their way. As Jim Rutherford mentioned, things got to go perfect. They have, they haven't had you know key key injuries. It's not like Demko's yeah. missed games. It's not like Hughes' missed games. Top six been healthy. It's really just Manko coming out of the lineup that you'd say is the the biggest issue in the top six. So if, if some things go astray here in the back end, like it's it's tough to maintain this stretch here. So I would still take the field, but that doesn't mean they haven't you know made impressive strides is here, but I, I still maintain like somewhere around ten to twelve. If you want to extend it to eighth,
1: sure. Yeah, I think you can you can make that argument with where this Canucks team's at. And and honestly, so let let's say they continue this, maybe not winning seventy percent of the games, but let's say they win sixty odds, some percent of their remaining games between now and the next say twenty five games. I bet you the Vegas odds at that point are gonna be Better mm-hmm. than what they are right now. But Again. nevertheless, look, it, it wouldn't what? be a, it wouldn't be a Christmas show. Hey, let somebody without... text it in. Is there, can, can anybody complain? Is there anything to complain about? Yeah, and, and, and you know. No, and, and, and mike the says he wasn't complaining was right mike says he wasn't complaining he was just pointing out something. it was just it was just, just good being, timing that's all, it really it was, just was good time it is good timing. as sometimes, cuddly as a cactus sometimes sometimes things just kind of line up that way uh all right let's continue in the uh, you know what we, but people people are responding we, we have more people calling in on the phone boards so let's go to uh sean and Coquitlam. sean thanks for calling in uh, what are your thoughts tonight man how are you guys? I want to be the
7: happy clapper here and follow along, but I left the game with a bad taste in my mouth, and that was, I, I don't get Rick talking. He's a player's guy. He knows the hockey rules. He's got Kuzi, who he's benched, who comes out, gives him two goals. 417 left. We're up by two, and he doesn't put Kuzi out for the hat trick. It's indefensible to me. I I don't understand the logic. I, I don't know. You want to build up a player's confidence, and what irked me even more was the interview where he said, "Oh, I wish he got a third goal." If you wish he got the third goal, put him on the ice so he can go and get one. And and so I mean, I'm not going to take away from the, the 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 strength of the season, the strength of the stuff. I know that he was a minus two for the game. Um, you know, backdoor maybe lost a player. The other one, I don't think it was necessarily his fault. And Tyler Myers had that had that lapse. And Demko maybe had a softie, but it, it, you have an opportunity to build a player up, and to me you take that guy, especially somebody who got 39 goals last year um, it was an opportunity, an opportunity lost and so if we're going to be honest about the performance, we beat a weak team, 7-4, kudos to us but I think we could have done better as far as building the team up on a go-forward basis.
1: Hey, uh, Sean, thanks for the phone call. So, Sean, a bit fired up. uh, Did did not like the fact that the head coach didn't put Kuzmenko out there to get a hat trick late in the game. Uh, Let's take one more phone call. We are going to have Ian McIntyre join us as well. So let's run through this. Let's go to Langley, where Jake is on the line. Jake, thanks for calling in, buddy. What are your thoughts tonight?
8: Hey, guys. uh, Happy holidays, first of all, and I hope you guys have a good Christmas. Thank you. Same to you. uh, Yeah, so... (laughs) <laughs> i'm gonna be mr positive here okay <laughs> because the last very couple good callers uh maybe maybe uh, maybe i called into the wrong station i thought maybe <laughs> i called into the shark station but uh i'll be honest like at the beginning of the season like what was the goal for this team right the goal for this team was to make the playoffs that, it was never about winning a round it was never about winning the stanley cup the, the goal was to make the playoffs Remember, if everything gone was going right, where Jim uh, Rutherford said, and it's basically just to make the playoffs. So we're going to be making the playoffs, right? That's already yes. a successful season. No matter what happens moving forward, we're going to be having a successful season. Now, I understand that expectations have been going up because they're first in the league, and it's incredible, and it's amazing, and, you know, whatever the PDO bender and all that all that crap, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, it's just nice that we're going to be able to most likely cheer on some playoff hockey nowadays, and uh, that's pretty much all I want to say. <laughs> so thanks.
1: Hey, awesome, awesome stuff, uh, Jake. That's uh, Jake and Langley calling in. And yeah, man. Basking in the glory. And there's nothing wrong with doing that, right? Like, honestly. And, you know, so people are sometimes too focused on being right. And uh, doubting the team to begin with, now that they're you know having so much success, that they're afraid of being wrong about it. So you grasp the straws to you know criticize and and find ways to say yeah, but just wait, just wait. Well, you know, f- forget about all that. Considering how difficult the past decade has been the organization for a lot of players here but uh, more so than anybody the fans who invest so much of their time energy and you know, obvi- and, and sometimes honestly mental health because we see it with people and, and how they react and how they feel and, and sometimes you're like man like this it's taking a real toll on, on people the losing the years of losing and, and uh, obviously how dysfunctional th- things have should, been at if, times if,
3: if things are tough for you personally? A little spark from your favorite sports team?
1: Yeah. It's huge. It's massive. And I think, you know, this year, it's been such a, you know, refreshing change of pace from what we've seen in the past. And more than anything, the exciting part for me is watching players who might finally be realizing their potential, not only as individuals, but as contributors to a successful hockey team. Mm -hmm. And, We'll see where this ultimately goes and and what heights they reach this season. But for me, what I'm excited about is this is the beginning, hopefully, of a new era of Canucks hockey, an era that is stable, an era that has solid management, good coaching, star players who can reach higher heights and take the team to that next level. And whatever happens this year, hopefully it's a step in this continued process over the next few years where you finally got through the, the, this past decade of strife and struggle and so much darkness to something that you can be proud of again. And it's been a sensational start so far this season. And I'd say enjoy it, man. Enjoy ride the wave as long as you can. And it's a fantastic way for Canucks fans to celebrate Christmas, watching their favorite team win seven four tonight and then sit atop the national hockey league in points
3: for sure. Uh, you know the pride element to me is huge too because fans want to get behind a team again and for all the things that happened over the past decade uh, you know there wasn't a lot of belief at times mm-hmm. uh, and, and even in a, in a small little spark there you, know, you go to the playoffs you're out in round one you go to the playoffs and it, it's in the bubble and there's so many things happening elsewhere around the world it was you know tough to attach yourself to it at times even though a lot of fans really did and now that you're back in the building and all these things are, are happening in a positive direction, it's, as you mentioned, you're seeing people live up to their potential or, or grow into their potential. And it gets people to attach themselves to the journey of it all. Yeah. And that's the part that's fun because come playoff time, if it's multiple playoff appearances, it's like, oh, well, remember this time and, you know, that, that season in 23, 24, he did this in game 50 or whatever. I mean, you started to see it. Now it's it, it showing up in the playoffs. Like, that's why I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, like the journey is supposed to be part of the experience. Mm-hmm. I know we all want the destination, cup final, cup championship, all that, but the journey is, p- is supposed to be part of fandom, and for all the things you just said there of, you know, we're so focused on the facts and being right, sometimes you, you you have to let yourself be the fan.
1: Yeah. You don't always have to be the fanalist. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way of putting it, and you know, it, it's... And one of the things, too, and, you know, tonight, Joey Kenworth sent me this note, and he tweeted it out as well. And, and first of all, and Joey, uh, we wish him all the best. Uh, he's he's battling leukemia. We know how strong and, and tough he is and and how he's going to get through this. And there's been a lot of support as well. There's a GoFundMe as well that you can always check out. But he's done a fantastic job still being involved with the team and, and digging up stats. And and the thing he sent me here uh, about Quinn Hughes is this was his 60 60- Seventh, sixty eighth, two point game, multi point game as a Canucks defenseman, which ties him with Alex Edler. Now Quinn Hughes did it in three hundred and eighteen games. <laughs> Alex Edler did it in nine hundred and twenty five. Just slightly fewer. So uh, you're looking at Quinn Hughes not just doing incredible things this year. I mean he's doing historical things, right? Like when when you're looking at the stats he has, and and I know people will mention you know stats are different different eras. To me, it's still Interesting that he's putting up numbers that we haven't seen since Bobby Orr was playing, right? Like, those are the types of numbers he started the season off as in terms of just pure numbers on the back end. And he's in a discussion for the Norris. JT Miller, even if he's not, you know, Ryan O'Reilly defensively, you can't really complain about the offensive contribution that he's provided. And he's playing center doing so. He's one of the league leaders in scoring. Thatcher Demko hasn't been his sharpest the last couple of games, but we do know what he can provide and what he can be. So you're talking about the pillars of your team being the types of players that are having sensational seasons as well. And that's why I'm also intrigued, and and I think it's important that you also take advantage of a run like this if it continues as the season goes on. Because sometimes you get hot. And sometimes things break your way. And when those things are kind of conspiring in your favor, it's kind of good to let those things happen still. You know what I mean? And what can you do to, to help that process? And, and I'm not saying go and trade your you know, first-round pick for a rental mm. or anything like that. But, you know but in terms sad- of wanting to improve the team, giving this team a shot, the stakes are back. Yes.
3: Right? Like, there, there's actual stakes. To each one of these games and fans putting their hearts on the line and management having to make some calls and making some big decisions, the stakes are back. It's no longer, what does this decision mean for five years from now? It's, hey, what does this decision mean for April and May and trying to accomplish something here in the immediate
1: so the steaks are back. Yeah, the steaks are back. And the man who can tell us about how those steaks stack up is the man we call the triple threat. You watch him on TV, you read him on digital, and you're about to hear him on radio, he is Ian McIntyre.
6: <laughs> That's all I can think now. Hungry right now. Uh, big ribeye. <laughs> of
11: course,
6: we're all gonna be eating a lot of food. Ah, uh, yes, we are.
4: There must be some kind of way out of
6: here. They were getting better with the intro music talking around the lyric. Yeah, they were. That's you, good. You used to wait until the lyric. We could hit yeah, that. I like to hit
1: the post, usually, but. Hit the post. As in, like, hit the lyric. That's like a DJ thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it
6: is uh, you know what before? would Sa- what would sat's d j name be? oh my goodness
3: <laughs> were you ever on f m uh
1: like yes, a little okay. bit. I mean, I was like a morning show co-host, and I oh, did okay. some shows when I was in Edson Alberta at a small town radio cutting my teeth
3: because you were news director there, right?
1: No, I was a news reporter oh, okay. and a morning show co-host, but every you know, every once in a while you'd fill yeah. in cuz you know, the it's, afternoon show host would be sick or something, so I, you know, I'd be in and in, in DJ so to speak. What's the population of Edson? 7,000, I think, or 5,000 when I was there. Pretty transient though. Or you know, Gas Town. Bick, where did you start?
3: Uh Grand Prairie, Alberta, and then Chetwin. Uh and then Squamish and Chilliwack and wow. here.
1: Yeah. Okay. And and now we're here watching the Vancouver Canucks reel off a nine-game point streak heading into Christmas. That was a
3: morning co-host level segue right there. Yeah, Yeah,
6: straight into it. I know he's trying to, well, I did show up. A couple of minutes late, so I understand. We got to get the show going. Yes, right. Time is
1: of the essence. <laughs> I started in Kamloops. Yes, and, and so you, that yeah. was like the big smoke. It was to you guys, a hundred percent. You know, I dreamed of going to a market like Kamloops when I was in Alberta. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. No, not seriously. I really did. <laughs> oh, no, I bet.
6: I bet. I mean, people. I I knew guys starting in uh, Medicine Hat, and that was like yeah. big. Mm-hmm. Medicine Hats What? Oh, who knows. Trevor Linden's from there. Yeah. It's got to be a big place. Yeah. Well,
1: bigger than Half the
6: have. size of Kamloops, I'm guessing. Yeah. Something along those lines. Great team, so. Yeah. Covered. Ca- I covered the Blazers versus the Medicine Hat Tigers when Trevor Linden was 18 years old. Oh, it was wow. was his
1: draft year. And he was tremendous then, too. 68,000. 68,000. Fast
6: Eddie Gregory with a fast yes. that. Population. Yes. But that's now. I'm talking about in the olden it, days yes. when we were young. <laughs> it has changed. Yes. It has changed. Yeah. Nine-game heater. Uh, what's it? 23 wins.
1: 20 Yeah. Uh 23 wins 20, on the season and 22 in regulation. Yeah, they lead the National Hockey League.
6: Yeah. You know, if you if you'd done an over under for the season on 22 regulation wins, people would have taken the over. Like, yes, chances are they would have. Known. But, you know, 30, that might have been a good number. Yeah. You know, if you have 30 wins and you have eight more in OT regulation or overtime, and then some loser points. Yeah, you know that that would that might have got you to ninety. I can't do the math in my yeah. head. It's been you know, it it it's been gets, amazing. Yeah, nobody dreamed, been, yeah. nobody dreamed two months ago that we would be having these kind of discussions, and even even the players didn't. And I I talked to um, J T Miller on my own, who apparently was funny in refusing. <laughs> Uh, a A couple of other advances who came in good faith just to wish him happy holidays, but you know they had my name on the board to to, to talk to j t so so I ask him but
2: we we have an understanding.
6: I ask him something real quick, I go to him first second, yeah. you know, whoever else is in there i ignore and then and then he's then he's done, and he's always gold like j t is very yeah very thoughtful, but i talked to j t and I talked to Ian Cole after and you know they're very aware uh of that this idea that people don't think they're legit right and Mm -hmm. and the analytics argument in fact cole when he was talking to me started talking about um shooting percentage and save percentage and all that analytics stuff (laughs) i love it um so they're very aware of that they're very aware of the skepticism and and Probably part of the reason they're aware of it. Remember, it was only a month or maybe six weeks ago that uh, Rick Tockett said, "I know everyone's waiting for us to collapse." Yeah. And so they've they've kind of got this chip on their shoulder, which can be a powerful motivator, especially yeah. for a team that hasn't done anything. Right? Like for for a team that's won or been to the playoffs regularly, you know that that chip wears out. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only pretend that you're. <laughs> you know no- nobody thinks you're any good for so long, but I think this can power the connects a while yet this idea that they're they're not legit but anyways they both they both and especially j t said you know for the guys who have been here three or four years, he's just so happy that they're able to experience what they're experiencing now and have this feeling, and you know they've put in the work and they should feel good about themselves, but they've also uh, and I'm paraphrasing now, they've also had this mantra uh of earning your day and, mm-hmm. and and being uncomfortable. I talked to Sam Lafferty as well and he talked about they push themselves every day to get out of their comfort zone. I don't think they're successful every day. Mm-hmm. They look pretty comfortable at times yeah. in this game against San Jose, which is why, you know, they were giving up some some goals without much resistance. But uh they've they've managed to be Uncomfortable, and he, they're seeing the results. Like they, it's an incredible validation, I think, for them that here they are in the holiday break. And even though Tockett doesn't like them looking at the standings, the world knows they're on top of the National Hockey League right now. Not on winning percentage; they're only tied for second. To yet that. only. But, but you know, forty-nine points on pace for one hundred fifteen. Um, and that's. And, incredibly validating I think for them for what they have done and, and it and it hasn't all been clear sailing. Like how how much of uh late November and early December were we talking about, you know, what's going on with yeah. them and, and and is this are these the real Canucks? Are they showing themselves? Apparently that six and six stretch wasn't a huge market correction. It was just like kind of a slump. Mm-hmm. And now they're now they're winning again and, and yeah there's certain things about their game that they need to be better at. But the bottom line is, as as evidenced by all those regulation wins, by one of the most incredible stats of all, that they're 20-0-0 when leading into the third period. Yeah, I mean, somebody tonight scored five goals in the last half of the third period to win. Was that St. Louis? I Some, think it was another game, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways we've seen this over i mean it's regular now teams come from two or three goals down to win the canucks have not dropped a single point this season in 20 games when they've led into the third period which is which is remarkable so they they have uh you know i think as miller said they should feel good about about where they are that uh, you know then push themselves to get uncomfortable again put that chip back on their shoulder when they come back from their little Christmas break and see if they can keep doing it. What a great development this third line is. They just seem yes. to unwrap a, a, a new version
3: of themselves every night. And The life line. It's my name and I'm sticking to it. Okay. Because they give the team life. Someone texted in and they should be called the BC Hydro line
1: because they give them power and electricity. It's not bad. Can you get Hydro to sponsor that? <laughs> Maybe. Well, the way they're going, yeah. you might want to get on it.
6: I was thinking Polar Express as well, like just because Ooh, it's right. the season and these are guys from obscure. Yeah. Well, not not obscure places, but they've been. Uh, you know, Connor Garland played in Arizona, and then he came here, and he's. He's been fine, right? But yeah. but he's been a guy that everyone's been trying to trade for the last two years. And the other two guys, uh, Bluger and Dakota Johnson, f- they've been fourth-line players to this point in their career. And Bluger obviously has played a lot longer or more NHL games than Joshua, but was a healthy scratch. So what they're doing together, I don't know how that makes them the Polar Express. It just sounded good on December 23rd. <laughs> but... Uh, they're, you know, the, For what they're doing and where they've come from to this point, it is, it's remarkable. And, and again, the validating thing for them is this isn't, oh, they've had a good week mm-hmm. or they've had a couple of games where they contributed big goals. This is now 10 games that they've been scoring. Ten they've been scoring, but probably double that, that they've actually been playing really well, winning their matchups, generating scoring chances which generates momentum even when they weren't scoring goals. So it's it's uh you know to me that's one of the of of all the evolutions we've seen, all the growth we've seen in this team. The overall contra- contributions from the bottom 6 at forward is maybe the most surprising thing. Because we knew they had great players, we knew they would score a lot at the top of the lineup. We knew the they should have a good power play. There were lots of questions about the th- the third and fourth lines. In fact, you know, my theme or one of my themes was who exactly is a third-line center? Because mm. Suter and Bluger both profiled more as fourth-line guys. Now, fourth-line plus. But, you know, look at the play that Bluger made tonight. And Suter, for all the time he's missed, that was goal number
9: as he looks at the list.
6: So six for him. Yeah. Nine for Dakota Joshua. Nine for Sam, the ninth for Sam Lafferty yeah. tonight. Another guy in the fourth line. Nils Amon, who hasn't been here very long, scored. I mean, Amon and Lafferty are fourth line guys, and they scored two minutes, two and a half minutes apart yeah. in this game. I mean, typically, fourth line goals, you're happy if they score. Maybe two and a half weeks
1: apart, or something. Yeah, two and, and, and a half minutes apart. And Lafferty's had a few tip-in goals, so it's not just him getting lucky a few times. Like he's clearly good at doing so, going to the right spot. And the Niels Oman goal—what a great play by Teddy Bluger! Neutral zone is a two-on. We're not talking about you know a lucky goal. I mean a two-on-one, and he's putting it into a half-empty net. I mean these are high skill, high finish goals that they're that, that, that they're scoring. And you know to give Connor Garland his credit as well. And I know the points still don't scream off the page sixteen and thirty-five, but. You're right. Teddy Bluger, for his career, has been a fourth-liner. Right now, playing like more of a third-line forward. And Dakota Joshua, same thing. But I do think the quality of skill and talent that Garland has in that line really elevates it. And I think that's what really gives it that, that real power. As good as Joshua is, as good as Bluger is, there's a real quality to Connor Garland's game. And it's unfortunate that his game doesn't really mesh in the top six. But when he has his own line, and now he has players that fit into him, Bluger's smart. I, I think he's the real catalyst on that line.
6: Yeah, yeah, I think that's something that Talkett got right. Not that he's—I <laughs> don't think the coach has gotten much wrong, but he certainly got right this idea that Connor Garland is is better with the puck and driving his own line rather than trying to be a complimentary player on a higher line where he doesn't have the puck. And now he's trying to defer, you know, to to his line mates. So that part, he, he's, I, I think, is was ter- terrific coaching. Like. To put those guys together, but the reason it's working now—I mean, Connor Garland was playing well before, and no one was finishing. But look at how much confidence Dakota Joshua mm-hmm. is is playing with now, and Teddy Bluger. Frankly, I'm—I thought he was going to be a, a, a handy fourth line player, like defensive four, stopper a, kind of thing. As I said, fourth line plus, like a guy yeah. who could win a faceoff. Uh, you could put him out when you're ahead. You could put him out when you're shorthanded, and that would be about it. But look at—you mentioned that goal and the and the play he made to Amon and he he plays with pace now, and he feels like he's been put in a situation where now he can provide offense, and he doesn't see it. And I've talked to other guys, and and this isn't exceptional. You know, guys who haven't scored, they don't necessarily think it's because they can't score. Mm -hmm. They think it's about opportunity and who they're played with. And granted, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity to score in, in Vegas when they were winning the Stanley Cup and he was in the press box. Yeah. So, you know, now he's getting a chance to play third line. And let's remember, he's really getting that chance because Suter was hurt. And so he was doing so well as the third line center that when Suter came back, they put him into the top, Mm-hmm. Top six because they didn't want to put Bluger down. And it's interesting now that Suter is back at center. And by the way, Vic, because I gave you a lot of credit when you're right. Mm-hmm. I was right on this, that, you know, they need to have these four guys at center. Suter, Suter, Bluger, Pedersen, they have that tonight. And it's interesting that Suter is the guy playing, air quotes, on the fourth line. Because there's no way that you're going to mess with the lifeline right now. No,
1: you certainly aren't. And Ian, that brings us to the end of I the show. I just say
6: it like it's the, the thing.
1: And, <laughs> hey, uh, it will it into existence? He may. Yeah. Uh, and we have a lot of suggestions. Marty and Nanaimo says, uh, crediting Kevin on Twitter, the clothesline, small, medium, and large. Small Garland, Medium Bluger, Large Dakota Joshua. Not bad. You know, people are getting creative. They're thinking about yeah. different things. All right, you know that brings us to the that's, end. Of the d- that's an awful lot of ex- it explaining. Is. To it me, is. So, so there, there's <laughs> been a lot of galaxy braining. A lot of these uh, <laughs> nicknames. But we love we love the creativity. We love the thought. And well, Ian, how about we love the idea that there's a third line that's playing so well that people want to give it a name? Right. I mean, that's that's huge. You don't usually uh, get names for your third or fourth line, but that's a season the Canucks are having. That's how prolific this chart's been. Look forward to reading your latest Ian and. From us, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays yeah. to you, uh, you and thanks for all your contributions we look forward to bigger and better things as soon as we get back on the 28th when the Canucks take on the Philadelphia Flyers Well, for all of the the guff I give you guys
6: thank you for letting me come on and share the airwaves with you and it's amazing how many people come up to me and say, hey, they heard the post-game show and I think it's so late, no one's listening No, they are, but yeah there's, there's people listening and Happy Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody out there. No.
1: Thanks, thanks for being with us. Uh, thank you, Ian. Well said, as always. Look forward to reading your latest on Sportsnet.ca, Bick.
6: I echo that. I hope
3: everyone's got a fun-filled day, few days here. Uh, Be safe and uh, enjoy uh, the company of good people around you. Absolutely. You can hear Bic on
1: Wednesday. The People Show
3: Wednesday filling in for Canuck Central. uh, Wednesday to Friday, and then obviously Thursday we'll be back together for the game.
1: Yeah, sounds good. I'll be back on the 28th. A very Merry Christmas uh, and Happy Holidays from the bottom of my heart to all you listeners. Appreciate uh, all, all you tuning in all the time, participating. We appreciate every single one of you and wish you the best over the holidays. Thanks to Lena and thanks to Eddie back at the station and all of you yet again right here on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650.